You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes. And you can find all of the podcast content at Locked On Packers. If you want to submit a question or a comment or a movie review or maybe your favorite pregame recipe, postgame recipe, tailgate recipe, I like recipes. Can you tell food? You can hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. We're going to go through the injury report a little bit for both teams today. The problem for us right now. And this is not going to change for at least 24 hours from the time that I record this. The status of Aaron Rodgers will not be official. He's playing. I don't know what else to tell you. He's playing. And this just goes back to what I said at the beginning of the week. Barring a setback, and to this point, there isn't one. I don't understand why he would be cleared to return to a game last week and not be cleared to play in a game this week. All of the arguments about, well, it's the Vikings' defense— and they shouldn't risk anything with him, and, and, and. No, if he can play, which he did last week, he should play. And he's going to want to play. And it's not like a receiver. So like Doug Baldwin had a knee issue, and he played on it. And he was compensating, and he, he actually hurt the other knee. Rodgers is not a, a receiver. It is a, a very different set of muscles that you need The quick twitch is different. Now, that doesn't mean that it can affect other parts of his body. You remember um, he had a quad injury that turned into a calf injury in 2014. And and that's just because of the way that you, you, you move to compensate. One game, Mike McCarthy said the injury can get better. Doesn't know what the timeline is, but it will, can and will get better was basically what they said. I don't know what else to say besides he's going to play. And we've talked about it all week. He's going to play. He's going to play. And I, I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company today that that doesn't mean he's only going to throw the ball short. It doesn't mean he only is going to dink and dunk. His average intended uh, target line was 9.4 yards down the field. He hit a number of big plays. The Geronimo Allison shot. The Devontae Adams shot. You have the Randall Cobb touchdown. That was He held the ball and bought time. Just because he's not running around doesn't mean he's not going to hold the ball. Rodgers is going to continue to hold the ball. And I would actually rather see him take sacks and eat loss yardage than to force the ball out in a hurry. Either, either you have it or you don't. And we're going to get to this a little bit later. The defense is going to, I think the defense is going to do a good job against this Minnesota offense that was not particularly inspiring against San Francisco. They did some nice things. They did some not-so-nice things. And Pat Elfline, their center, is out. Now, he didn't play last week either, but the fact that he's not going to play and now they have a compromised offensive line going in against one of the best interiors in the league, that's not a deal 
for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, their corners are all healthy. Mackenzie Alexander didn't play in week one. He's going to play in week two. And Trey Waynes, who left the week one game, is going to be back for week two. They practiced. So they're going to have their full array of defensive backs for this game. And I think they're going to need them because Aaron Rodgers, I posted this on Twitter. The last game that Aaron Rodgers played at home against the Minnesota Vikings, he went 28 of 38 for almost 350 yards and four touchdowns. And the Packers blew the doors off the Vikings. Pretty much the same defense. Mackenzie Alexander was not heavily involved in that game, but same starting corners, same safeties, same linebackers, same defensive front plus Sheldon Richardson. I mean, if Rodgers was healthy, I think you'd have to feel good about Green Bay's chances in this game. With with him limited, I think that that comes down a little bit. But we still saw Aaron Rodgers pinpoint accurate throws, tremendous decision-making, tremendous was still able to get a lot of oomph on all of his throws, at least for the most part. So then it comes down to, can the offensive line pass protect, which it did much better in the second half after they settled in? Can they get a little bit of run game going? Can they utilize some matchups? Can they get Devontae Adams not on Xavier Rhodes? Can they get Randall Cobb on a safety or a linebacker? They're going to have to be a little bit more creative schematically, and I think that might actually benefit them because of Mike McCarthy's play style. When Aaron Rodgers is in, he just sort of likes to let Aaron Aaron go be Aaron and and win and play a little backyard football. They might have to be a little bit more creative this week, and I think that actually can potentially benefit this team from that standpoint. The two other injuries that are worth mentioning for the Packers are Devontae Adams had a shoulder injury. He fell on it in the second half and and actually came back in the game. Um, He's been limited the last few days, but it sounds like he's good to go for Sunday that this is just um they're they're just allowing him time to rest and heal. And then the the bigger question I think is Oren Burks. Practice limited all last week and then didn't play. Was limited this week. We're going to find out more tomorrow. Uh the Packers unlike a lot of teams practice on Saturdays. The the Green Bay didn't practice today. And I had to I had to clarify this a bunch last year. There is no Friday practice. They work, but there's no practice. So these are projected designations. Burks, Adams, and Rodgers are all questionable. I think in in descending order of likelihood that they play, it is Adams is most likely. I think Rodgers is second most likely, and Burks is third most likely. Burks would be a big help, but I think they're going to play these defensive back heavy packages anyway, which are technically, I guess, defensive back light. They're light defensive back it doesn't matter. It's weird because from a personnel grouping standpoint, they're defensive back heavy, which makes them light. And this is not a good offensive line for Minnesota. So if they're going to run the ball, can Green Bay defend them with with just five or six in the box? At least, you know, traditional box players? Maybe. Because they couldn't block the interior of San Francisco and they couldn't get Dalvin Cook involved in the run game at all. I mean, he just he struggled to get anything going on the ground. Now on the road against a a potentially better defensive front, Green Bay could have even more success stopping Dalvin Cook. And that could that could make Kirk Cousins have to be the guy here. Well, considering how the Packers pass defense played in week one, that is exactly the scenario that Green Bay is looking for in this game. We have our picks pool going. My picks did not go particularly well last week. Um, and then I I actually forgot to pick 
before the the Bengals Ravens game, I was doing work and then all of a sudden it started and I was like, oh, I forgot to pick. If you're better than me at picking these games and chances are in week one, you were, why not put some money down at mybookie.ag? Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And I trust mybookie.ag. It's not some shady site. They've been in business for years. And when you win, they pay fast. They've live in-game betting. They've got a mobile site. So you can do everything that you could do just about at a Las Vegas casino from your couch. It couldn't be easier for you. My bookie is slammed with new bettors and they want to give everyone the best surface possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on a deposit over $100. Plus, if you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when you use the promo code LOCKEDON25. That's LOCKEDON25. It's a new promotional code. The old one is not going to work. LOCKEDON25 to get that deposit bonus. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner. Take that extra money because MyBookie wants to give it to you for free. That's MyBookie.ag with the promo code LOCKEDON25. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, I want to close out the podcast with a couple questions from you guys from the Lockdown Packers fan hotline. There's There were a lot. You guys flooded the hotline during the game. And, uh, you know, I, I love to hear from you, so keep doing that. But I'm not going to read those on air because by the time you send them to me um, and by the time I get to read them, they might be outdated. You know, like I got a question in the first half about who's going to coach the Packers next year. Is it going to be Josh McDaniels? Is it going to be someone else? Uh, I got a lot of Khalil Mack messages. So, I look, I, I love the feedback, and I, I love hearing from you guys during the game. I think it's great. I think it's hysterical. Um, I appreciate your insight. You can certainly tweet me during the game as well, um, and, and I, I read all the tweets that I can. I, I do read all the messages at, at the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, so please continue to hit me up there. I think this is a good question for this podcast uh, given the discussion about injuries. So let's let's hear from Tim. Hey, this is Tim calling from Milwaukee. Just a quick question. With the injury, well, we don't know if it's a full-on injury. Whatever happened to Superman's knee on Sunday night? My question is, do you think without a doubt going into week two against the Vikings that uh, Tim Boyle is activated and we carry three quarterbacks on the active roster going into that game. And also, what are your thoughts on Deshaun Kaiser's performance in the uh, moments that Aaron Rodgers was being looked at on Sunday night? Didn't give me much hope. Wondering if it gave you any. <laughs> Let me know your thoughts. Thanks, guys. I'll stay locked on Packers. So, I don't – this it hadn't occurred to me, but – I think it's possible, and I, I, a lot of teams that that have three quarterbacks on their roster will only have two active on game day. But I, in a, in a situation where your quarterback is dealing with an injury, there are there have been teams in the past that have said, "Okay, we're going to have three active on game day." Randall Cobb is the emergency quarterback, but let's be honest: if Tim Boyle has to play, Green Bay should should just quit should be over they should just be able to say okay we're done because they can't win a game with Tim Boyle at quarterback they just can't so maybe they're better off just running wildcat with Randall Cobb 
if if Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Kaiser come out in this game, this game in particular, with the way the Lions played on on Monday, maybe Tim Boyle could beat that team. But uh, no, I joke. It, it, it's just. It is a it is a luxury that you have just a guy who plays quarterback that that can just go hand the ball off. But you're going to lose if Tim Boyle has to play. Now that's fine uh, because that's it is what it is. If you, if it's Randall Cobb, if it's me under center, if Rodgers and Kaiser are out, the Packers have no chance. I actually said on a podcast earlier this week that I thought the Packers had a better chance with Kaiser and Adams playing than. Rodgers and no Adams and I don't know if if I fully believe that but I think there's a case to be made I I am not as worried about Deshaun Kaiser's performance in week one as some people are there was a great nugget from Jason Wildey that at halftime it was really from Randall Cobb but relayed via Jason Wildey about a speech Deshaun Kaiser gave to the team at halftime when it looked like he was going to play in the second half and this is after he had just had a bonehead fumble and um I understand the pick six looked bad. It was a really great play by Khalil Mack, and quarterbacks will make that throw more than just the Deshaun Kaisers of the world because Mack baits him basically into throwing it, reads it, drops underneath it, and there are not that many players in the league that would have been able to make that play and and even fewer who would have taken it back all the way. But Deshaun Kaiser stepping into that moment and relishing it and wanting wanting it, wanting to be the leader in that moment and saying, hey guys, follow me, we can do this. That's a big thing for him. And I think the the Packers organization instilling confidence in him and Aaron Rodgers working with him and giving him confidence. This guy's 22 years old. He's still a young kid. He should have been a senior at Notre Dame last year. And instead he had to play for the hapless Cleveland Browns. He probably, given the the choice, would have been better off and would have chosen to stay at Notre Dame, could have played with EQ. They could have had a pretty good team. This is a developmental kid. And I I have not given up hope on Deshaun Kaiser, and that's not quite Tim's question. But if they needed to win a game against not the Vikings, I would feel much better about Deshaun Kaiser than Brett Hundley. And Ian Rappaport said the same thing about the Packers organization and how they feel. He said that Green Bay feels better about Deshaun Kaiser than Brett Hundley. And you might be saying, well, duh, they would have to. Well, no, because yes, they traded for Kaiser, but he still has to go out and prove it. He still has to go out and be that guy. And, you know, I go back to a couple of the plays that he made in that Bears game, steps up and finds Devontae Adams for a first down. He makes that great throw to Cobb in traffic for a catch and run first down. He had driven them down the field, and he has that talent. He just needs time. He just needs experience. He just needs the reps. And if this were the Bills this week, you just play Kaiser. You really do because because you can all right, let's get to a question about the defense because Clay Matthews was a topic of conversation this week. He really, really played poorly, and I don't think Nick Perry was great either. Um, he gets a little bit of a pass because he had the game-saving, game-sealing sack. But this is a, I thought this was a good question here. Hello, this is Dan Calling from Flagstaff, Arizona. And I had a question about health and longevity of Clay Matthews and Nick Perry in this Petten system. Uh, you'd mentioned that the standard nickel formation 
which any day these days is around 60, 65% of snaps. It'll be three down linemen, an outside linebacker at out edge rusher, and two inside linebackers. Uh, for one, will this end up being less snaps for Perry and Matthews? Can the, can the defensive line depth kind of help them out as far as the number of plays played over the course of the season? And uh, is that advantageous? Do we want to try and have a de facto snap count for Perry and Matthews? They've both shown to be injury-prone, but also really good at their position when they're healthy. Uh, thanks a lot. Love your program. I found it this spring around draft time, and uh, can't wait to hear your response. Thanks. So let me just be clear about this. Mike Patton did not create this scheme to keep these guys fresh, but there was a noticeable rotation, and Reggie Gilbert played a ton of snaps. And it did keep these guys fresh so that at the end of games, they could do what Nick Perry did and get after the quarterback. They were pretty effective at getting to the quarterback. They had a top 10 pressure rate despite the fact that they blitzed basically around league average. They brought extra pressure. In the second half, they were much better at getting guys free. There was, God, there there must have been a half a dozen plays where Green Bay had a, a Chicago ball carrier dead to rights three yards deep in the backfield and just didn't finish. And that's a similar, that's a familiar sight for a lot of fans, and I understand that. There's also some week one rust elements to this. And some some luck too. So like they had a they had a play where they had a double slot blitz. Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson came in off the slot. And Jackson beat Alexander to the quarterback, whiffed, and then took out Jair Alexander, who would have at least had a had his own chance to make a play on Mitch Trubisky. That's just unlucky. There were a couple times when Mike Daniels had had a ball carrier in the backfield, couldn't make a play. Clay Matthews couldn't make a play. Clay Matthews was terrible. Is he washed? He might be. He might be. This is as bad as I've seen him play. And he's healthy. That This is the other problem. As, as is mentioned here, he has a history of injuries. And so if this is what he looks like healthy, that's not great for Green Bay. The fact that Vince Beagle is not a player... If, if they have injuries and Kyler Fackrell has to play, that's a huge problem for this team. So, you know, I expected them to, to add a veteran, and that didn't happen. So this is the team they're going to go with. Now, it is true that the nickel package is going gonna, is gonna to help a little bit with that. It wasn't something that they did a lot of, but they did have a rotation. Reggie Gilbert played a lot, but they didn't have their core three guys on the field a ton. I think they only played... I think Muhammad Wilkerson and Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels together as a trio only played something like 13 snaps together. So I, I think as the season wears on, we're going to see a little bit more of that. Certainly in crunch time and big games, we're going to see more of it. Uh, it it's the kind of thing that you, you want to rotation during the game so that late in the fourth quarter, you can have your best guys fresh on the field. And... You know who the best edge player on the Packers was on Sunday? It was Reggie Gilbert. And so he's going to continue to earn these reps. And if he continues to take them from these guys, it does just have this this fringe benefit of keeping everyone else fresh. Because if they didn't trust him, you would have Matthews and Perry playing most of the snaps. But because not only do they trust Gilbert, he's earned their trust and earned that playing time. 
He has made life easier for them. They just need to play better. And luckily, they have a matchup this week with a Minnesota Vikings offense that gave up a bunch of hits on the quarterback. But this defense, the secondary, helped the pass rush for the first time since, you know, the, the, the early 2010s. The coverage, there were a number of plays where Green Bay got to Mitch Trubisky or forced a pressure or forced him out of the pocket or forced him to run simply because the coverage was there. The coverage was there. They executed Mike Pettin's scheme. The scheme was good, but they executed it. And that's going to make this pass rush a little bit better. I, I was just looking at the numbers and there, I, I got a, an odd number of messages and, and tweets about concern over the Packers' defense. And I thought, why? After the first two drives, the defense was awesome. Is it just that the one touchdown drive really sticks out in their mind? I mean, Chicago had one touchdown drive. One. They scored two, but they only had one touchdown drive. So what, where is the wailing and gnashing of teeth coming from? I don't understand it. Green Bay against Chicago held the Bears to 4.3 yards per play. Well below league average. And I know people are really excited about the, the Vikings offense. And, and Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook and all these guys. Well, against... A 49ers defense that wasn't very good against the pass last year, that lacks talent at corner, lacks great edge pass rushers, lacks great safety play. The Vikings were able to put up 4.8 yards per play on offense. The league average was 5.4. So well below league average. Green Bay was a full yard almost over league average at 6.3. One of the one of the stats you you look for when you're when you're trying to determine the quality of a team is net yards per play. That's it's basically a a per play efficiency stat. Green Bay was two yards per play better than their opponent in Chicago, and that tells you that the difference in that game was the Khalil Mack pick six and the and the Deshaun Kaiser turnover, the fumble, because Green Bay was two yards per play better than Chicago. They outplayed them on offense. They outplayed them on defense. It was the turnovers, so non-Aaron Rodgers plays, that decided that game. If Green Bay had won 24-16, to let's say, so you subtract that Khalil Mack touchdown, is there is there any concern about the defense? It, and let's say they add that field goal. Let's say it's 27-16. By the way, I predicted 27-17 for the record. Now, I know you can't play the what-if game like that, but they were, they were non-Rodgers plays. They were Deshaun Kaiser plays. A 10-point swing and seven points that the Packers' defense didn't allow. The Packers' defense only allowed 16. Would you feel differently about this defense had that been the case? And you do have to take into account the, the points that were scored and not scored when Deshaun Kaiser was the quarterback because presumably he won't be this week. All right. We will not have a show before Sunday, so you're just going to have to keep your eye on my Twitter feed tomorrow for the, the discussion about Aaron Rodgers. You can follow the show at Locked on Packers, Acme Packing Company, Twitter. You'll probably get an alert on your phone, but, you know, retweet my tweets. I'd appreciate it. At Peter underscore Bukowski is the Twitter handle, at Locked on Packers. Um, be sure to, to like and share the show on Facebook. I've been seeing that a little bit more lately. If there's a show you like, share it. Let other people find Locked on Packers. 
And then we'll be back on Monday to discuss Packers-Vikings. My prediction earlier today was was 21-20 Green Bay Packers. It's it's about a point, and it should be about a point. I, I was seeing Packers minus one. Now it's Vikings minus one, minus two, somewhere in there. The Super Contest, the Westgate Super Contest, had it on Wednesday as Vikings minus seven. But I think I think that's building in the the Aaron Rodgers factor of him not playing. I, I, he's gonna play. I really genuinely believe there's a 95% chance he plays. So maybe by the time you listen to this, you've heard something different, and now I sound dumb. But this is how I feel, and I think I, I think logic supports how I feel. So I, I usually feel pretty good about that. Please continue to send me your questions, your comments. Um, your analysis at the Lockdown Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. It's Packers and Vikings. It is on almost everywhere across the country. It is the big early game. A marquee matchup and an enormous matchup for the Packers in their season. We're going to have a lot of discussion about it after it happens and then move on to week three with Washington. It's one of the biggest games of the season. So you have to stay locked on Packers.